the conference finals are starting in the NBA. And, yeah. um, you know, you know a lot about that because you were a guy that your play in the season you were who you were. You dominated. You were at the top of the game. But when the playoffs rolled around every time, you made you leveled up, you know, and that's really tough to do. That's rare. Not a lot of guys do that, man. You used to go into those uh, playoff games and, and level up. You liked that physicality. Talk to me about that era. Talk to me about those games. And talk to me about your run near the top of the game, man. Yeah, I mean, the playoffs was it, man. That's what it was all about, you know. The re- you know, the regular season is definitely important, and you know, um, you use it to try to get as high a seed as you possibly can, and you know, you use it to to fine tune and make sure you know you guys are are clicking and hitting on on all cylinders. So when when the playoffs start, you know, you're ready to try to make a run. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely um, you know relish those opportunities. Um, you know, uh, if, if it wasn't for the Mamba, <laughs> you know, who, who, who knows what would have happened. But, you know, we felt like we had a couple teams in Utah that could have, you know, competed for a championship. We just, man, we ran into some tough Lakers teams. Tough, oh, you, uh, you ran into Kobe Bryant at his peak. You <laughs> three, know. Years in, three years in a row, man, bouncing from the playoffs. <laughs> talk, the other talk, one to was, about that. talk to me about that, yeah. that version of Kobe, how it felt being on the floor for that, man. Because I remember <laughs> you guys were a little bit demoralized at times with the shit he was doing. Man, I think was it you? I think that posted a, a video like a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I reposted it because man, I mean Ronnie Brewer and AK was—I mean they they play great defense on him. I mean hand up in his face, just didn't matter with him, man. You know it just didn't matter with the Mamba when he was locked in, which come playoff time he was always locked in. You know, and then he had a lot of talent around him. You know, um, yeah. he had the right the right pieces around him. Um, you know, Pau Gasol was a, I mean, Hall of Famer. Uh, Andrew Bynum was was tough in the middle, and and a lot of people don't know how good Lamar Odom was. You know, Lamar Odom was, yeah. I mean, yeah. You play with some dudes too, though, like in Utah. Obviously, you know, you you play for Jerry Sloan, but then you had Carlos Boozer, who a lot of people don't know. Man, was a dog at that position himself. Yeah. What was your approach like in those days? You know, what was your approach like in terms of your game? <laughs> and getting him involved and getting that guy going. Because, you know, on paper, you guys didn't have the most talented team, but you had a very good, you know, storm and, and continuity, and you guys always brought up the best of each other. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was Coach Sloan, you know. Um, he, he he stressed execution, and, you know, he had a, a brand of basketball that he wanted us to play, and he was going to make sure we did that. And, um, yeah, I mean, playing with Carlos was was fun. You know, he's another guy where a lot of people sl- sleep on and don't remember, you know, the type of numbers he was putting up, but he was 20 and 10. You know, every season he could pass, you know, finish with both hands, he could shoot it. Um, man, I mean, he was tough. And it was it was fun to play with him as a point guard because he sets great screens. He's a, he's a big boy in there. He knows how to get open. He knows how to play the game. So, you know, um, we definitely had a, a lot of chemistry, a great chemistry in the pick and roll and pick and pop. And, um, you know, I always try to get the big fella going early. You know, we get him going early. And he's the, going game, early. the game was so different that time, right? Like you had a – a very physical game, a very paint was packed. You know, you didn't have the spacing and the freedom you kind of saw when you were leaving the league, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, shout out, Mehmet occurs in here. You just said, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I was going to talk about Memo, too. I can't never forget about Memo. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he was a guy that, like, he, he, he was ahead of his time, right? Like, playing For that sure. five, man, you know, imagine him in today's game. We, we, we just texted that the other day. We were texting back and forth, and um, – that's exactly what I said. Him and him in today's today's game, you know, because Coach Sloan didn't didn't love you know quick early threes, right? And yeah. if you would have gave Memo that that type of freedom where he could just come down and, and pull, 
which he did, you know, he did to a certain extent, but like really have the confidence and the, the, the green light like these guys do today, um, yeah. man, it would have been a whole different story. But even you, man, like, again, you played in a very <laughs> restricted era of the NBA. Like, you had old school coaches that didn't <laughs> want to isolate one-on-one. And you, yeah. you kind of started to take off individually in terms of your freedom in Brooklyn. But, you know, at your, at your absolute apex when you were – it was you and Chris Paul, man. Um, do you remember those conversations around the game of who's the best point guard in the game right now? I know the game is different now. Everything is so dissected and covered, so it's yeah. so discussed. Back then, what was the energy like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there was always the comparisons me and CP got just because we came in together. You know, we were three and four picks, and, you know, we were two of the, you know, um, top young point guards in the game. And so there was always those comparisons. But, yeah, it's definitely um, magnified today with social media. You know, we didn't have really have this type of stuff right here. Yeah. You know, um, the media coverage wasn't what it is. I, I don't feel like I feel like the last, like, five, six years, it's just, you Garbage. know, yeah, it's gotten even crazier. Yeah, uh, it's hard. It's hard to miss stuff <laughs> nowadays, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but uh, you know, those were those were fun times. Man, you came in right, like right when those guys like Kyrie were coming in. I remember you guys were going at it in big games. How was those nights? You know, when you saw these young dudes, this next generation, even Damian Lillard, guys like that come in. Did you see that? Like, yo, this game is really evolving. You know? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I think I saw it. You know, you saw it a little bit with Phoenix and, and the Warriors where it was starting to go small and they were emphasizing getting the ball up fast and, and, and you know, scoring point guards. And, um, you know, it was just a, kind of a different brand of basketball. Um, and, and and even so more now. And, yeah, I mean, there was there was literally not a night off, you know, in, in the NBA in my position. Um, you know, every, everybody was tough in the West, the East, the North, the South. It didn't matter. I remember, you know, when um, you was in Brooklyn, you know, you had this massive 55-point explosion against – I always watch that game, bro. Like, the 55 you had on Charlotte, I think it was. Just 50, the whole 50, 57, but who's counting? Oh, okay, 57. My bad. 57 <laughs> on Charlotte. Man, you had that whole fucking just polished skill set going in the post, moving off the ball, getting to the rim and shit like that, making your free throws. Like, where did that come from, man? Take me through that. And, you know, what was that process like becoming that, that player that you became that dominated the NBA at the top? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just confidence because really growing up, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't really a, a scorer, you know. I was more of an assist guy, like kind of prototypical point guard. Couldn't really shoot like in middle school. I wasn't, I wasn't really a good shooter. Really high school, I mean, I was a decent shooter, but I wouldn't say I was a shooter. I played with Bracey Wright, who was more of the prolific scorer, shooter you know, McDonald's All-American. And then, you know, when I got to um, when I got to college, my, my first year I averaged like seven points a game, eight points a game maybe. Um, but when I got to the NBA and just the freedom of the NBA and, you know, I, I got in the right system with Coach Sloan and, um, you know, had Memo and had um, Booz and AK-47 and, you know, all these guys around me, um, uh, Ronnie Brewer, CJ Miles, guys running the lane, you know, young guys that can shoot. Um, it was just – it just allowed me so much more more freedom to have those weapons and then also be able to score. And, um, you know, I feel like once you get that confidence where you feel like you're the best, you know, that's when it really takes off. And I think, you know, during that, those times, that's what, that's what happened. Who's your best matchup? Like, what was the player that you went up against, right? And it doesn't have to be a position where you were just like, yo, like, this is a war. I got to be, you know, absolute perfect in this one. Man, you name it. <laughs> there wasn't a... 
mean, it wasn't a night off. I mean, you know, um, J-Kid, Steve Nash, um, you know, CP, Dame, Russ, you know, Curry, you know, he, he was, you know, starting to come into his, his own, like, yeah, you saw both sides. You yeah, saw I saw I saw the early one where he was hurt all the time and couldn't get his you know his ankles right, and you just never knew if he was gonna, you know, um, make it not not make it, but you know what I'm saying he was gonna be the player they hoped he'd be, and then all of a sudden, but it's interesting, you know. Um, I definitely feel like you know I kind of walked away a little bit early. You know, I feel like I had a little more to give, but you know, you talked about it, like the injuries, the injuries. Um, you know, it was just always something with me. You know, it was just. I never felt like I could have a season where I was fully healthy. Um, and then mentally it just took its toll on me mm -hmm. where it's just like, all right, this, you know, I don't know if I, I can mentally take the injuries, you know, and fighting back every time and feel like I'm healthy again. And all of a sudden something else happens, you know, and you always wonder, like when I was younger, I was, you know, you'd always hear about guys that were injury prone and you, you wondered what that means. And then you end up being the injury prone one, you know? And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, that was, that was a part of it, you know, and, and, other things, you know, in my life weren't going going exactly right, and so that that definitely played a part of it. And my kids being older, um, you know, I had a daughter. One daughter was in high school, and I didn't want to be this guy that was on one year deals, moving moving them around from state to state. And so it just kind of kind of happened the way it did, you know. And definitely missed the game. Um, definitely, you know, there's some regrets, you know, there. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm in a good place right now. I'm happy, and you know. I think the good thing about with you is that, like, we – see, I do think there's a negative to too many guys sticking around too long because they get taken for granted. You know, like, Chris Paul got eliminated last night, and now people are speaking on him today as yeah. if he ain't shit. But really, this is an <laughs> 18-year story, you know? Yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> I'm a, I, you know, I'm friends with Chris, and we just were talking – I talked to him after that incident that happened in Dallas with the fan. You know, so, you know, I'm I'm just impressed by Chris. You know, like you said, this is year, what, 16, 17, 16 for him, I think? 17? 17? 17. Yeah. To be doing what he's doing, man, I mean, um, this long and, and at that level is, man, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, there's not many guys in the NBA from our class, let alone, you know, putting, putting up all-star numbers. And so, yeah, I mean, I saw what, what Patrick Beverly said, but that's more – that's Pat Bev, you know, that's, that's who he is. And that's, he, you know, he likes to, he likes to do that. He likes to ruffle feathers, you know, that, that's him. So I don't really, you know, read into that too much, you know, but um, you can't, if, if, if you can't really hate on what Chris Paul's doing at the, at this age in, in this state. You can't, everything's a bonus at this point. You get a chance to see Luca play at all. Yeah. So, I mean, Luca's impressive, man. <laughs> Uh, he's impressive. I, I, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't see them winning the game. I thought before, before the game, I didn't think they were, they were going to win. They hadn't played good on the road all, all series. Man, what they did was impressive. Lucas, Lucas been impressive. You know, he's definitely top five in the league right now. Um, oh yeah. There's no doubt about that, and he's here to stay.